Hello everyone and welcome back to, I suppose this is Dark Tides, it's not exactly Dark Tides, welcome to Feed the Machine, a short prequel series to Dark Tides. I'm your host Chester Lynn, and I'm the host this time. It's a powerful moment. I feel, wow. I, I'm on this side of the table. How does it feel? Oh, it feels like that last time I was the DM, <laughs> during that Christmas time. So nothing's changed? Nothing's changed. Again, I don't understand why I have to sit on the other side of the table. <laughs> I'm Aubrey Lydon and I'm playing Dylan Molinsky. Oh. Oh. Ooh. I like that name. Wow. Yes. All right. Um, who are these strange voices in the mist? Who are yeah. these strange voices? Very strange. Well, what is that voice? This voice is the voice of Caleb Jones and I will be playing uh, Orlando, Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy, here we go. It's begun already. I wonder which character I will kill off. Oh. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, and I, my name is BJ. I am not a strange voice. You know me. Uh, mm. I will be playing Jacob Melgrave. Dr. Jacob Ooh, Melgrave. <clears throat> Man, Just to flex on you all. Everyone's so well, like... Educated and all that. I was hoping. And then we have a, a city in America. <laughs> city in America. I should mention that it is also it could also be Doctor Orlando, Florida, but it might also be Professor. Don't you take that power away yeah, from yeah, me? Yeah. That try. is my job. See, I feel oh, like that's absolutely. the thing. Is I was hoping for some, like some country hicks and all that. Sorry, this is still set on the archipelago where everyone's a country hick. Oh man! So <laughs> I did not know that. You're a very refined individual. Yeah, we're well, always a country. Hick. Jacob right. Melgrave finds country hick highly offensive. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So to give you just a little breakdown, so this is going to be a short series uh, called Feed the Machine. So, so the, the only Patreon things I've heard are things that I've edited myself. Yeah. yeah. Bear that way. It's good. <laughs> you were there for all the Patreon bonus stuff. It's not the same. It's not the same, Dad. <laughs> anyway, let's jump into it. Great howling winds of the desert beat and swirl around the man in yellow as he arrives at the base of a hill and begins to climb up its rocky surface. He squints his eyes against the clouds of sand pulled up by the wind as it swirls and cascades around him. He soon reaches the top and is able to look out across the great expanse. He has arrived at his destination. Ernest Marsh has come to a small wooden hut at the top of this hill. It is put together with what looks like driftwood, old hardwood beaten and cracked with age. The pieces are laid together, some nailed, some just resting on each other, others bound with twine to create a structure. The ghastly house sits before him, with a large radio dish sitting upon its top slowly spinning. He reaches out a hand and pushes the door open and steps in. Sand sits thickly upon every surface. The room is desolate, but there are clear signs that something once was here. 
Ernest walks around the room, looking, looking. He brushes away a pile of sand and sees upon the table two bizarre contact lenses with strange little arms upon them. He reaches his fingers out tentatively. The last time he touched something from Ilios, he saw more than he bargained for. Well, I'm going to find out one of these days, and I don't know if I'm going to find him. I need to know the whole picture. All right, let's do this. And he reaches out, and he touches the lens. And he is carried along the back of this story, watching its events. It is a bright spring morning on the archipelago of Fukba. Uh, you rub your eyes to clear your somewhat foggy vision. You've nodded off in the comfortably decorated waiting room. Sunlight spills through the nearby windows. Dust moves through the beams of light like a riptide, rising and falling. So you look around this room as the dust moves around and you see a few other people sitting in the waiting room as well. Who do you see? Uh, sitting very upright in his chair, just kind of delicately playing with his fingernails or something, I don't know. Uh, you see a tall, thin man with greying short hair um, and a very neatly kept beard that is also white. He's wearing a clean but not expensive looking suit. and His name is Dr. Jacob Melgrave. And he is sitting politely, minding his own business. Wonderful. And then who else is there? Uh, well, another person you see is a, uh, <clears throat> not short, but you can tell slightly below average, a uh, little bit stocky man. His nose is a bit battered and uh, he has a up posture, but you wouldn't call it proper. Uh, he's wearing a lab coat with the National Aerodynamics and Space Administration logo embroidered beautifully on, uh, on, on the front and just your usual button-down shirt with tie and uh, pants with belt and something attached to the belt. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. And the one sitting closest to the door is... Uh, Dylan Malinsky, who is actually uh, taking a cat nap. Much like a cat would, he is curled in the chair on his side. Uh, he's found a patch of sunlight. Uh, he's a relatively young guy. <clears throat> his hair is thinning a little bit. He has a very weak chin very large eyes, um, and he's wearing corduroy pants um, and a really baggy, stretched out cardigan with uh, leather patches on the elbows. And he's got like a, a loose tie and a dirty shirt underneath it. Sweet. Okay, so you are all going to now roll a d12 for me. Ten. Eight. Uh, four. So, Melgrave, you've just woken up. Bit weird that you know it off like this, but I mean, it's nice in the sun. Pretty nice. Just enjoying your time here. Uh, yeah. Now, the other two. Uh, you rolled a little bit better. Orlando, you... It, this is not 100% what you expected. You Everything's a little bit foggy, but you were sure that you were sitting at your desk 
writing some notes. This is, I mean, sometimes you forget driving to places and like suddenly you're just there, but this, this is a little bit weird. And then for Dylan, this is extremely bizarre. You were just patting your cat. You were quite sure of that, but clearly you can't be. Tinkerbell? Tinkerbell? Sorry? Where's my cat? Tinkerbell, Where are you are my here? desk plans? Uh, Dylan is... He's rolled off the chair onto the ground. He's now, like, on his stomach looking underneath the, the rows of chairs. Uh, he's going... Here, kitty, 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 kitty. Sir, excuse me. Sorry, I'm really busy right now. I'm just looking for my cat. Here, uh, kitty, 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 kitty. Wait, who are you cat. two people? Do... Sorry, me? Yeah, you two. Do we know... Do I know you from no, somewhere? I do not know you. Oh, uh, and... Um, Melgrave sticks his hand out. And uh, Dylan beats hand. you to it, and he shakes. <laughs> <laughs> he shakes the professor's hand first. <clears throat> He's like, Dylan Malinsky, uh, really nice to meet you. I'm uh, uh, the, the the high school teacher. I teach uh, English and history, and sometimes geography. But I don't really like geography. Um, not so good with that. But the maps help. Hi. Hello. No, we haven't met before. By the way, is that real? Do you really work for NASA? Uh, yeah. I have one on my jacket at home. As but it's a not scientist, a real one. I think I would know that. Awesome, that's really great. Um, so what division? Divi- well, uh, space stuff. That's so cool. Uh, yeah. uh, Dr. Dr. Melgrave. Sorry, he turns uh, around, Dylan turns around and shakes your hand now. That's right. I was like, hi, uh, Dylan Malinsky, a high school teacher. Uh, don't like geography, you? Uh, geography I've found quite inspirational at times. And he shakes your hand. Hmm. Dylan's just going to like step back a little bit and go, Inspirational geography. Okay, so now you are more aware of your surroundings and the fog's all gone and you're awake. Roll for me again. Uh, investigation on the room. Oh, I got 12. Jeez. You got 12 as well. You got 12 as well. Jacob got a three. <laughs> he's he's still trying to process all of the information that this just come, man, came flying no at him from Dylan. <laughs> okay, well, so Jacob, you see... Uh, there is a assistant. I look into the. I look into like the. No, no. So you see, there is an assistant sitting behind a desk. She's uh, half leaning on like one of the arms of her chair on the phone. So, mm hmm, mm hmm. Yes. No, no, no. He doesn't have time. No, I can I can pencil you in, but n- no, no. The other two. Jeez, oh, I can't believe you actually rolled that. Well. <laughs> Just, a, just show them the notes at this point. We're in a studio <laughs> underneath Hollywood, aren't we? This is where they filmed the moon landing a couple of months ago. That so, was, I was there. That was real. You were there on the moon? <laughs> I was there no, on the set. <laughs> on the set. I Nixon thought you were a scientist. Grass. So you notice something with the way that the light is spilling into the room. You notice it specifically on the walls. As both people who've spent a lot of time in schools and a lot of times in industrial buildings, you were very aware of fluorescent light. You you notice and are very uh, aware of that slight flicker it gives off. And you notice the slightest of flickers in the sunlight that is spilling into the room. So um, since you're a, like a, a, a NASA scientist, yeah. um, that must mean you know a lot about space, right? Of course. Does the sun ever get, like, um, uh, shaky? Look, there's, uh, there are things called solar flares, uh, but that that's not natural. No. 
Okay, something else you notice, you don't notice it, but they both do. Uh, you are wearing a visitor's badge pinned oh. to your lapel. Oh, this is the wrong colour. What colour is this? Uh, Jacob's going to stand up and walk to the receptionist. Mine has a watermelon on it. <laughs> there is not a watermelon on it. <laughs> Mine okay. has a watermelon on it. So at the reception desk, what would you like to say? Uh, I, I walk up and I kind of look as polite as I can, given that I know I'm about to interrupt someone on the phone. Mm. Yeah, okay. Uh, excuse uh, me. Uh, she holds a finger up to you. <clears throat> yep, yeah, okay. One, one second, please. She, uh, like, pressed the phone against her chest and was like, yeah. Yeah, hi. Hi, uh, hello. My name's uh, Melgrave, Dr. Melgrave. I was... Yep, yep, you're on time. Um, uh, yeah. Well, you're a bit... Excuse, you're, you're, excuse me, I'm, I'm just... I've got a... I'm not feeling a hundred percent. Could you just remind me um, uh, of what, what I'm on on time for? Well, I mean, you've got your visitor's badge and all that. Are you are you all right? Are you? Oh no, I'm fine. I just uh, maybe a glass of water or. Uh, well, there's there's the there's a uh, well there's a cooler in the corner, paper cups. Um, well, you should have had some instructions sent with you with the pin. Because um, you, you, you guys are the winners, right? You, yeah. yeah uh, yes, of course. And yeah. he smiles in not a convincing way and walks over to the water cooler. And I'm going to roll uh, investigation on my na- name? Name? You mean the badge? Yes, visitor's badge. Visitor's that badge, thing. yes, sure. Uh, it's a six. It's a visitor's badge. Nice. I'm going to grab some water. Yeah, I would just... I like to take off my visitor's badge, inspect it, mm-hmm. and do an investigation check to first see if I see anything. Yep. Uh, so I just roll? Sure. Cool. Three. It's, invis- <laughs> it's a visitor's badge. <laughs> then I throw it away. <laughs> the lady looks over from the desk like... Oh, I mean... Okay. Sure. Um, and she goes back to the phone. I think you dropped this. Dylan's like offering you the badge back. <laughs> uh, Thanks. Melgrave is yeah, going to search his pockets. Okay. Uh, do I need to roll it or just do that? Um, well, I also I have one last thing that you two obviously saw because you rolled 12. There are three or four men standing outside the glass door. They're wearing high, like, um, high-vis jackets and one of them is clambering up on a ladder. So they are directly about foot in front of the glass door. So were you rolling to investigate your pockets? Yeah, do I need to roll for that or do I just search Sure, just have a look. All right, I'm going to look in my pockets. Uh, You pull out your usual, uh, you've got like a pocket watch in there, you've got some lint, you've got uh, a pencil that's been like this long because you've slowly whittled it down. Uh, There's like a really small notebook that's got like 90% of its pages missing because you always tear them out and like leave them places for notes for yourself. Uh, you've got your house keys. So nothing nothing that I don't normally carry on my person? Nope. Okay. Uh, as I see him look through his pockets, can I pull out my wallet to check if I still have uh, my picture of the night sky in it? Uh, you open it up and it is definitely still there. Okay, good. Cool. I'll give it a little tap as I tuck it away. What would Dylan like to do? Dylan's still looking for the cat. Dylan's still looking for the cat? Okay. (laughs) Tinkerbell. He's going to approach the lady at the desk. Is she still on the phone? Yes. He's going to tap the bell. (laughs) 
pats again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Excuse me. She reaches out and takes the bell away, and puts, it, <laughs> puts it in a drawer, and He's... continues on the phone. All right, that's fine. He's gonna lean over the the desk, trying to like see into the office behind her to see if the cat's there. <laughs> She's kind of. I'd like to roll, please, to see if I can find the cat. Okay. Sure. <laughs> Eleven. See. <laughs> I've got a different cat. <laughs> okay, there's, there's an office cat. There's an office cat, sure. It's called Mr. Tim. <laughs> Reading, I'm trying to read the name badge. My eyes aren't that good. Timmy? It's And it's the, mo- it's the most yeah. opposite colour to Tinkerbell you can imagine. <laughs> yeah. It's bright orange. Is this a dream? <laughs> I think this might be a dream. The lady. You don't meet NASA scientists and the sun isn't working right. <laughs> the lady, like, puts covers the, the talking father phone. just like, sit down, please. You're... Okay, yes, I'll take you through in just a minute. Sorry, man. <clears throat> Thank I'm going to go sit down very patiently. Uh, Melgrave's going to walk over to um, Orlando and <laughs> go to shake his hand because he didn't actually get to do that the first time. He's like, uh, Melgrave. Uh, Orlando. Uh, and I give a, a sturdy, like, grab up, down, mm-hmm. in and out. In and out. Yes. Yeah. And then Two that's seconds. an accomplished handshake, my man. Uh, thank you very much. The, um, there is one of the, the worker guys is looking through the glass at you. He's like, what are they doing? Melgrave's going to smile at him. He, um, he like, waves with just his finger and then points at the door and says, yeah, just be a minute. We'll get it open in a second. And he, like, points up as the guy getting up on the ladder is unscrewing something from above the sliding doors and pulls out, like, a, a grate and hands it to the guy who was waving at you and starts to, like look through the the little window i have a question for the dm um have we just been like teleported to aperture laboratories from portal like is that what's going on is that no i sat on the folding chairs (laughs) (laughs) let me have tumors now (laughs) to be fair i've only ever played the multiplayer of of portal 2 of you this is like so portal stories mel which is is like the fan like she w- basically walks into like a waiting room for a test or something, and then it goes very wrong. And I've never played it, so no. All right, so it's not plagiarism, not yet. Well, <laughs> not yet. Maybe we'll okay. see. Um, okay. So the uh, the woman at the desk is finishing up a call. She says, um, mm-hmm, "Yeah, well, uh, Professor Professor Ajax will be busy from around eleven onwards, ma'am. I could I can pencil you in, but that would have to be but." tomorrow morning at say 7am I'll I'll give you a call back this afternoon after I've talked with Ajax okay mm-hmm yes yeah yes okay yes yes she puts it down phone <laughs> it's like bitch <laughs> okay uh listen Orlando did you mm, yeah I, I I think I've had a headache or something I'm just really yeah, um, do you remember, um, uh, the instructions we were given? No, not at all. I have no idea. You, you don't I either. Oh, I, th- my, I want to be at I, this point just I thought looking it was around just the room and mm-hmm. just like testing things by like step, like, <laughs> yeah, and then just like try to work out what's what's what. Roll for me. Roll five. It's all normal, it's all good. Um, okay, so the lady gets out from behind the desk and she comes over and stands in front of you all and says, uh, Good morning, my name is Mary. Sorry about the wait. Now, Hi, Mary. Uh, yes, yes. 
Wonderful. Good morning, man. Good morning. I say yes. Nasty. Yes. And you, uh, yeah, you don't need the badge. It's okay. I know who you are. Now, I believe she checks a note uh, in her little handbook and she says, so, okay, you guys are the winners. Yep. Cool. So we'll get on with the tour now. Uh, uh, excuse me. Yep. We've got it written down right here. Ma'am, I don't mean to be, um, what did we win exactly? short term memory and he kind of like very fakely laughs she like checks through her, her notes like you are Dr. Melgrave right? Uh, yes that's me right um, well, I mean you've got the badge um, it's, it's it's a tour you've, you you won the tour you, uh, s- you sent yeah. is this a chocolate factory? I've always wanted to go on a tour of one of those places I never win anything. This is like the best thing I could have won. No, this I'll is... I'll have stuff for show and tell. I mean, I'm not supposed to do show and tell because the kids are supposed to do show and tell, but sometimes they don't bring anything. So if they don't bring anything, I have to do something and I have to do show and tell. No, how's only for show and tell? Oh, thank this you. great. Thank you, ma'am. <clears throat> thank you very much. Yes, wonderful. Now, please follow me. And <laughs> she's going to turn on her heels okay, and Mary. walk into uh, another set of sliding doors that open and she paces through them. I just do love those ones up? that go whoosh. Yeah. Now you guys have one uh, thing to do here where she won't see anything you do. So you can do whatever you like before following after her. You can do one thing. Um. So the the men we saw outside are they outside the front of the building? They are outside the front the the opening glass doorway to enter and exit the building, they are out there and the door is shot, is shut and will not open because they're working. And we're going through a different one. You're going through. So there's basically entrance door, chairs, table, another door. Okay. Can I investigate out the window where those men are? Yep. That's an eight. Eight. Uh, You see a bunch of cars parked out there, the sun's spilling in. You see a lady walking past with a, a pram. Uh, it's definitely more in the country of uh, Port Staples. It's further out from the main area. It's definitely it's not in the the heavily wooded area. That's mostly fields here. So I recognise where we are. Yeah. Okay. So somewhat. Okay. You know, so you know, would I would I know what this building is or used to be or something? Well, I mean, you've heard of Ilios. Okay. You've heard of. The place you are, you recognize the logos, you recognize okay. the location. So I know where I am. I just don't know how I got here. And yeah, okay, cool. Uh, I'd like to make sure I'm at the back of the group, and before, like, as we're passing by the the front desk, just want to check if there's anything that looks important or anything that looks like I can just quickly grab it, stick it in my pocket. Okay. Roll for me. My character is way too polite for this campaign. <laughs> Mine's way too trusting. There's a lot of uh, notebooks. All the notebooks are closed. Mm. There's a lot of folders, but you can't... They're all. They're also all closed, so you can't snag any details from those. But the fact that any, everything is incredibly tidy. Any kind of utensils or like... There are pencils that look like they've been sharpened once mm. and never again. They're, you can't see a pencil sharpener. Mm. And... Despite all the dust in the air, you can't see a lick of dust on this desk. Uh, then I'll grab one of the pencils and just quickly <laughs> stick it in my pocket. Okay, sure. So you all, after doing your separate little things, follow after her. 
So she leads you into a corridor. It is carpeted with dark wood panelling and illuminated by large white balls that are hanging from the roof on metal cords, giving the room a creamy afternoon feel, despite the fact that there are no windows in this corridor. On either side of the hallway, there are doors, which are numbered. The final door to your right is fitted with the letter A instead of a number. You are continually led down this area until you reach the last door, which you head down, and it is a staircase, which you make your way down, and it is a concrete staircase. Just, just letting you know that. Uh, it's materials, very important. Mary begins mm, yeah. to speak to you guys as you head down these stairs. Now, I'm sure you're all familiar enough with uh, what we do here at Ilios, uh, but you'll be given a lovely deep dive into just how everything we do here works and all that type of business by one of our uh, resident scientists, Dr. Stoker. The king among you would know his work. He is the grandson of Ilio Stoker, the founding father of the organization. Mr. Stoker, also head of the board and was kind enough to free up his afternoon for you guys. Uh, very, very kind. Thank you. Yes, wonderful. I'd like to lean over to Jacob and ask, uh, so uh, you said you were a doctor, right? Uh, yes. What field do you study in? Uh, general surgery. Okay. I've been practicing for um, I nearly a decade. <laughs> <laughs> Local uh, local hospital. I've been working here for the last two years and on the mainland before that. Now, I'm sure you get this all the time. I don't know if you're listening at this point because I'm assuming you're behind me. So I'm like, I'm walking. I'm half listening now. Are you from the United States or is that? Yeah, I live in Orlando, Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Were you born there? Pardon me for asking. Um, no, not at all. I see. <laughs> he's gonna, he's gonna turn and keep walking. <laughs> All right. So you reach the uh, bottom of the stairs, and uh, she pushes open the door, doesn't hold it for you, and heads straight in. So you enter a new room. The carpet has given way to this new area and is now uh, plastic, non-slick flooring, and the walls are also now concrete as well. So you walk into a very long corridor. This is very, uh, very lovely ergonomic design, Mary. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's beautiful. <laughs> so you walk in here and the fluorescent lights tick on a few meters ahead of you until they've illuminated the full room. And what you are standing in is this very long corridor that has a series of every couple of meters cut-ins into the wall, which are display cases. And in the display cases are a bunch of different things. Uh, something you immediately notice is extraordinarily thick glass on these display cases. We're talking like three inches. Can I can I inspect the glass and give it like a solid sturdy tap? Yep. She's ignoring you completely so you guys cool. can do whatever you want. Oh, she's 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 still walking and like musing about oh, it's always so cold here in winter. Yep, so give me a roll. Four. It's definitely some strong glass. It's some thick glass, it's some strong glass, it's some good glass. Taffin is like, man, that's good glass. <laughs> that's some thick glass. I would glass. like to, like, as we go along, just every once in a while, as we pass a cage, just give it a solid tap. Cool. Just to, yeah. Okay, so. Dylan's um, going to copy you. <laughs> Melgrave is He's going to. The back of the group. Melgrave is going to um, slow his pace and very thoughtfully look at the display cases. Um, and I'd like to investigate what's inside them. Sure thing. And I will do that with A9. Okay. Are you also looking or are you just tapping on the glass? I'm going to be uncomfortably I'm looking close. And if I see anything that's space related, I'll stop. 
Um, I'm uncomfortably close to Dr. Mel Graves and I rolled a four. <laughs> I'm like right under his, like next to his shoulder, almost under his arm. Okay, so... What you looking at? <laughs> interesting cases here. Thick glass, if I had to describe it. It's quite sturdy, yeah. Would you agree, Orlando? I would agree. So what you guys see are a series of items that seem very bizarre to be on display. It doesn't exactly seem like something a place like this in an area like this would have on display. So one of the first things you see is a child's doll. They're sitting on a plinth in this small concrete room. Whoever's looking at can roll for me if they would like. Yep. Eight. Something you do notice, you don't get the full picture, but you notice that maybe it's the glass, but there's weird, there's some weird light play going on here, some weird distortion with the doll. You're not exactly sure what it is, a bit of bleed, a bit of something like that. Uh, um, uh, Mary, I would just be interested to inquire as to the contents of these display cases. Uh, is there a history here or? She turns back to you and is scratching her head, just like, uh, you, uh, 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 significance to the scientist, like this man. You've never wondered what's in these cases or what their significance is. Man, these, do you not understand what Ilios is? Like this is for the, the renegades of the, the, the science world, the people who get like kicked out of everywhere else. This is for like the mad hatters. Basic. I'm not. I won't say that about my bosses. Okay, like the board's great, uh, but like there's some weird guys here. Well, um, yes, of course. Uh, Half. The, I'm sure this is probably like an art installation they all thought was really cool. Well, of course, sir. Thank you. Right. You guys heard of Jackson Pollock? I uh, don't get it. I know the name. I don't get it. Should I? I don't think I've ever heard of that name. I mean, it's all like the splatters of paint and things, but it's like they keep saying that this is the new heart, the new oh, the uh, art, but I don't get it. The modernist art movement or something. Between you and me, I think it was really about the Soviets. Ah. I wrote a thing. Well, that now that could be. Sorry. Sorry, I interrupted you. Keep going. No, no, I was done. I was... Oh, I was just going to say that I read it like a, I think, was it a new? Yorker article that was talking about the space race like pushed all this new age art stuff but it's not really about the art it was about the space race and how good democracy is um, and I was really just trying to make uh, make the Soviets really mad yes well I mean personally I've always thought that the uh, you know the space race is it's disappointing that the human race can't achieve something great like that without the uh, pressures of uh, political and uh, social rivalry between no i i mean i mean the um the motives behind i look uh, personally i think it's a an incredible achievement for for humankind i i think it's just disappointing that we have to have it come out of, of rivalries between uh, these two great nations to uh, prove a political point Mary is waiting at the door of the far side of I'm, the corridor. I'm terribly sorry. We should um, we should really let this woman get back to her uh, work. Okay, so as you walk along the corridor, to your left you see, in one of the display cases, a revolver. Uh, if any of you are interested, you can roll investigation on that. Yep. Four. 
Somebody you rolled anything other than a four. I rolled a 12 once. You did roll a 12. Right. Both of them, again. and they've just rolled four Back since. in your glory days at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> Good old days. Okay. Uh, Melgrave sees that you're interested in and goes, I have a peculiar sense of art. Yeah. I'm more interested in the utility of it. So, uh, Melgrave, you do know something slightly about the gun. Something It's a bit different to the doll. It's not a shimmer, but you see a slight movement. You don't know if it's the if it's the hammer moving, it's yeah. You don't know if it's the trigger or if it's the the cylinder, but it's it's moving. Okay, uh, I I'm going to s- let me know if this is too far-fetched, but I'm going to say I probably have some kind of um, very basic first aid kit on me being a doctor somewhere, mm-hmm. um, which might have a very small magnifying glass. Yep. Um, so can I use that to either roll another investigation or roll with advantage up to you? I'm, I don't, I'm happy. Yes. Uh, I will say if you do anything far-fetched or over the top, Mary will become a bit weirded out with what you're doing so there's a limit to what you can push with it before okay. she starts to possibly contact some people about you like are these the real are these the guys who are like are supposed to be here type of thing and that could cause issues with you that's right so I, you can do that I think that I doesn't, will that won't exceed this but sure. she will notice this okay and I yeah okay so with advantage yes you can definitely see that this gun is ever so slightly moving. Almost like clockwork ticking away. The cylinder seems to be slowly, almost too slowly to see, revolving. The trigger inches its way back and forth before returning to its normal place. The the hammer is moving slightly. You can tell you're not it could be air, like when you're looking at like a hot road. And you see that shimmering. You mm. could be mistaken for that. Like the room could be way hotter than you think. Or it could be, again, the fluorescent lights flickering through the glass. So you can't be 100% sure of yourself. But, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Jacob. Jacob. Oh, yes, yes. Do you think the revolver is moving? Uh, well, uh, and then I'm going to see Mary's disgruntled waiting look. And I'm going to kind of straighten up and look at her and go, I'm interested in uh, antique firearms uh, and then I'm going to walk towards her. Cool. Dylan is also at the door with Mary. He's like jogging on the spot. Like, (laughs) I want to go on the... Come on. We're having the tour. I'm terribly sorry to keep you waiting. Uh, It's okay. What was your name again? Uh, Dylan. Uh, Dylan Dylan Molinsky. He kind of goes forward to shake your hand again. Uh, Yeah. I'm I'm the English teacher and history teacher at the high school. Yes, no, you are. Yes, well, I don't think we've ever really met. You haven't been coming to any of um, any of the the monthly dances at the the gym, have you? I don't think I've seen you around. I uh, I throw them. It's uh, no, it's I, a whole after school thing. The kids help decorate. I usually uh, I play in the band. Work late at the. <laughs> maybe I should. What day did you say? And I we're like walking. So as you guys are running up to catch up with the the rest of the group, and you two are having this conversation as you get closer, you pass a few more display cases. Through one, you can see a hairbrush and a chipped set of uh, teacups that just seem to be sitting there for. No exact real purpose, but with your 14, 
we'll continue with that on from the last one. Mm. Just as you're about to go through the door with the group, you see the last display case. The light in this one is switched off. Mm. There is no fluorescent light. Everything is that little bit darker. But enough light is spilling in through the rest of the room into it for you to get a bit of a, a good look. I would definitely like to, to take a close look at this yeah. and, and see what I like. I can see in there. Okay. You only have a moment, but you see a small cube. It's made of a dark material, possibly lead, you think. It appears, like the items before, to be moving slightly, almost like a Rubik's Cube, but with no defined parts that are moving. Yeah, again, reminding you of clockwork. Oh, hey, is that a Rubik's Cube? <laughs> I rolled an 11. <laughs> I'm really good at those. In fact, um, we've got a little club after math class. Uh, so many of the boys are really Mary is like pushing and pulling you all through the uh, door. Just excuse like, me, gentlemen. Oh, it but it's got no colours. How do you tell if it's... Gentlemen, we really should be letting this oh, woman get it. back to her work. Is it, this not a please. It's post-modernism. No one cares. Uh, Mel Graves is going to walk through the door. That <laughs> he's pretty much the definition. Through. Keenly aware as of we're pushing the limits of being polite now. I just want to whisper to myself, someone must care to put in a display case. <laughs> <laughs> you know, not good. caring is pretty much the benchmark of the postmodernist ideal. Um, it's one thing I did have to teach in history. Modern Jacob history. is gone. He's in the next room. He's... <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so you walk into this now large room. This is the last room in this series of corridors. It's much bigger and it is now properly into the business area of this whole building. There are men and women bustling around, some in suits, some wearing lab coats, uh, some are talking with each other as they're uh, moving around. You see a few larger groups. There is a larger group off to the right. So this is a very large room, concrete like all the rest. There is one large big glass display window but unlike the other ones this is displaying out to the rest of the building uh, there's some stuff going on through there you have to have a closer look to really see what's going on through there but this is a large room this is about four times the size of the entire waiting room and all that type of stuff it is a big meeting room there are a few benches that people are sitting on uh, some people are reading some people are having uh, like a mid-morning break and they're having coffee or something uh, to your right there is another group of workers one on a really tall ladder as they're trying to fix one of the fluorescent lights that seems to have busted. Uh, he's pulling it down while another one's handing it up to him. And there are a few men in suits kind of watching them just because they're just keeping an eye on them and their progress. And on the far, far side of the room, there is a large gaggle of men and women uh, seem to be grouped around one person who's talking to all of them. So you are now in basically the main area of this building. After a second of being in the room, you hear a what sounds like a foghorn or something like that go off off in the distance and a bunch of the men in suits and all that type of stuff get up, pack up their, their food or stop their conversations, start pulling out notebooks and pencils and all that type of stuff and start heading together down one of the corridors back further into the building. Clearly something has been announced to be going on and they're heading off to that. Uh, the workers soon finish off their stuff and head through the door behind you, guided by the men in suits, uh, back up, most likely out of the building. Now leaving just you and that larger group up in the far end of the room. Uh, I'm assuming this is kind of doubles as a cafeteria <laughs> if people are having breaks and stuff. Mm -hmm. Dylan's found a donut. <laughs> <laughs> Aubrey, explain. Well, We're very good. Um, Actually, I'd love one. Yeah, certainly. 
Okay, well, while you're having your uh, donuts, a man extracts himself from the center of the large group uh, off in the distance and starts to sprint, half jog, half skip his way over to you. He throws a hand in the air uh, in welcome. His hair is dark and slightly oily. It cascades over his ears in a waterfall. His face is sun-worn and a little wrinkled, but mostly disguised under a dark beard. He's wearing a three-piece suit that wouldn't look out of place, a golf course. Uh, all this gives you a less than thrilling aura about the man, but his eyes say something else. They are beyond piercing. They are dark and deeply sunk. He looks like he rarely sleeps, but all that has done is sharpen his senses and shorten his fuse. <laughs> uh, he uh, comes over to you, pulling a packet of cigarettes from his pocket and popping one in his mouth, and then starts to search his pockets for a lighter. And before he's able to find one, Mary is holding one out for him. He says, Oh, thank you, dear. Uh, okay, uh, this all of them? Wonderful, wonderful. Welcome to Ilios, ladies and uh, uh, gentlemen. Yes, uh, the light of the scientific world. My name is Dr. Stoker. I run this place, well, <laughs> I'm part of the board. Uh, but hey, this place is my blood. Anyone else thinks they can uh, call the shots can get. Before he can finish, he looks over at Mary and stops. She is glaring quite intensely at him, which is a bit odd for a employee to be doing at their boss. But then uh, he seems to clock what's going on and look behind him and see the small group he was with before all staring at you. And it's like, turns back. I work with lovely people. Lovely people. Great. Melgrave is going to stick his hand out and say, uh, um, wonderful to meet you, uh, Mr. Mister Stoker. Is it Dr. Dr. Stoker? Dr. Stoker. Dr. Lovely, Stoker. lovely to meet you. Uh, roll for that. He uh, doesn't shake anyone's hands. He is, uh, he is smoking. It's on the floor. So um, for a description for you, he's just the second boss from the IT crowd. Oh, I yeah. thought he was okay. Don Draper. Who's Don Draper? Mad Men, Chester. Never watched Mad Men. You mean um, something ham? Which one's Tom Draper? John, John Ham. If you say John Ham, I know. Um, but yeah, so he um, he doesn't shake anyone's hands. He expertly Dylan moves them away out. from them to be like adjusting his hair, moving the cigarette to the other side of his mouth. And I was like, yes, well, uh, lovely for you all to be here. It's an uh, honor, so it, it really is an honor. And thank you for giving up your valuable time for our... Um, and then he kind of realizes that he doesn't know why he's there. He's like, yeah, <clears throat> we appreciate it. Well, that's that's good. That's lovely. I do not trust this guy at all, and I want to just stand. I want to use these two as my shields. Dylan <laughs> is very happy for that to be the case. And I just want to. Can I just give him a, a look up, look down to see if I notice anything about like just him himself? Sure thing. Nah, four. Four. Oh, he's spitting image of himself. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I thought. Uh, natural one. <laughs> He's, Dylan, go he's gorgeous. <laughs> you have beautiful eyes, sir. Do you play basketball? Do you play volleyball? Uh, yes, well, I'm Would sure... Would you like to join the high school Dylan, team? I'm sure the man is very uh, very busy. Let's not waste too much of his time now, shall we? Ah, uh, yeah, it's, it's all good. Walk with me. Talk with me. And he's going to head over to the large window that uh, you noticed before and is going to continue smoking from there and removes a cigarette and someone runs over as he, like taps the ash away and they catch the ash in a little cup and then walk away as he goes back to smoke. No, but they catch it in their coffee cup yes, and then they're it, like, it's in their coffee cup. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. He smokes and then turns back to, he specifically turns back to Orlando. He's like, uh, now I believe you are Orlando. Yes. NASA guy. Yes. Yeah. I've, 
I have problems with your organization, but I seem okay. like a lovely guy. I have problems with yours. Well, that was gonna be one of my questions, because you all have a bit of a weird look about you. Um, you guys I are the winners, correct? Like you got the badges. Yes. My mum says I'm a winner. As far as <laughs> as you say you got the <laughs> As far as I'm aware, uh, yes. Yeah, well, like you guys, you guys mailed in all those bottle caps and all that. Yeah, so many. Yeah, yeah, he did. He, he did. Yeah. Well, I mean, you have the badge. I sp I suppose. See this badge. So I'm pointing at yours and pointing at mine, and I'm holding Orlando's. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, so I do have the badge. Yep. Yeah, so mm. roll for me. All of us. All of us. All of you. Ah, oh, two. Five for Jacob. Oh, I hit. Oh. Well. A 12. Okay, Ooh, all of you, so good. all of you like, you know what? Actually, I do remember sending in those bottle caps. I think, I think Melgrave thinks that like a relative did it for oh, him no, or he's something. Just, he's just like, oh, well, I, I do always forget the stuff I send. So maybe I just did that offhandedly or my or someone I know did it for me. And you're like, I think he thinks it's a I colleague or something. I am very confused because I don't remember bottle caps at all. Be like, be like, like, I mean, he, I, I had the badge. So you're I like, had, I had the badge. Yeah. But Dylan knows this is one. This is not correct. He, he only, he only buys sodas like the, the crack open sodas. He doesn't buy bottle caps for his sodas. But he does enter many, many competitions that require him to send in yeah. bottle tops, cutouts of things, the back of packages. And so he just assumes it's just good luck. Maybe I got mixed up with something. Maybe something else happened. But how often do you win something like no, this? No, no. You rolled a 12. You know you did not submit to this. He just smiles. You are 100% sure there's like, uh, maybe the, you're like, maybe there was a mistake, but I didn't do that. He just smiles. <laughs> okay. He's happy to be here. Uh, so the only one who actually enters for these kind of things is the only the person only who person knows that it's, is, it's because he enters these yeah. things. He knows I would never. He knows do. every single entry he's ever I made. No, I have no idea what this place is or what it does. I'm just, but honestly, he's just. This is not the laundromat like, tour. That's what I signed up for. <laughs> well, he thought it was. A, he thought when he said, "Oh, it's a tour," and he's like, "Yes, the chocolate factory. That's what I've been entering." And so now it's dawned on him. This is oh, not this a chocolate isn't factory. A, this isn't a chocolate <laughs> factory. Chocolate? I don't actually know where we are. Child's dolls, guns, that's not chocolate. <laughs> but he feels like he's making some new friends, so he's just going to go with it. Yep. Okay, so Stoker adjusts his cigarette and then turns to the large window looking out. And you can all now see exactly what this looks out into. So it looks out into the actual organization itself. You see a large library of sorts, uh, but it doesn't seem to be the type of library that you, know, you go there for leisure reading. It is a library of documents, their own documents, their own information that's all been laid out categorically. There are people around pulling those stuff like, from different shelves. Sliding shelf things. Yeah, mm -hmm. and there are people uh, taking stuff out, adding stuff in. There are a lot of computer systems that seem to be printing off information that some people's, like it looks like a few teenagers, their sole job is taking these stuff that's been printed, documenting it up and putting it into the library. It is like the, ima imagine, a hard drive, but in a physical form, mm -hmm. and that is what they're doing. And he looks at it like, well, um, uh, as such big fans of our organization, I'm sure you're, you get a bit of a kick out seeing all this, the real uh, inner workings of our organization. It looks oh, like absolutely. a very tight organization, yes. Um, I'm sure. Just... That's what the board does. I don't do that. Um, Dylan is hes going to take a pen out of his pocket, and he's going to 
pose as if he's about to start writing notes on the back of this brochure that he's had in his hand. And so, um, I'm going to have to explain all this to the kids in my class, just, you know, tell them all about the tour and the wonderful things. Could you just give me, like, a, a really brief rundown in your own words of the whole the whole purpose of Ilios? That would be just fantastic, you know, to uh, encourage the kids. Yes, I, I would love to hear that in your own words as well, Doctor. Uh, he's, like, pulling out, like, a business card that you can obviously tell that Mary has written on for him. I'm like, Mary's types of questions. <laughs> okay, so you look over and Mary is writing on, like, what she's is writing this? on, like, a little notebook of just, like, answers, like, elevator answers for him. He's, like, slowly handing it to him. He's, like, he's like pushing it away. It's like, um, well, I'll give, I, I can give you the long and short. Um, Ilios is an organization for those who... Hmm, Refuse to be restrained by the conventions of the modern scientific industry. We aren't guided by rules, regulations, or uh, ethics in some areas. It's all about throwing rocks at the wall and seeing which rocks break and which ones dig in. Uh, we push boundaries of science, thought, and even reality where we can. Dylan is going to lean over to Orlando and whisper because he knows nothing about science. Is that how rocks work? Within a forest, yeah. And your role, how would you summarize your personal work in this? Well, uh... Organization. My, yeah, well, well, my father was the main scientist. Well, uh, my, my father followed in my grandfather's footsteps, uh, going along with more running of the business. Uh, it became quite clear to my father at a young age that um, I wasn't really prepared to do that. Uh, I am, I, uh, I'm a doctor in dance. Um... So you're a dance doctor. Yes, um, and business a little bit. Oh, I, do did, you teach? I just I just search for. Are you business. running any classes? Because the kids would love it if you could come to our Saturday night dances and maybe run some classes. They would be. It would just be the coolest thing. He looks over at Mary. Mary shakes her head. He looks back. No, I can't do that. I can't oh. do Saturdays. <laughs> I can't do weekends. Oh, that's that's so a real shame. More of a figurehead here. You're saying. Oh no, I'm part of the board. Uh, the board, like, certainly, yes, to be I a figurehead, yeah, right, right, right. Uh, but yeah. So my father ran all this type of business, uh, following along in my grandfather's footsteps, and now I'm a member of the board. I keep, I stay on the board for both. Uh, I just feel like it's a son's responsibility to carry that type of stuff on. Melgrave in his head is just. Mm. Family connections. Mm. He doesn't want to be here. It's also nepotism. I also earn a lot of money from this. So mm, yes. money. Yeah. <laughs> Dylan is is writing. I guess. Um, and how much exactly would you say that you you, you earn? He looks over at Mary, <laughs> and, she, and she's just like, <laughs> he's like, are you hiring? Looks over at Mary. <laughs> looks back. And is like, no, not for you. Not for me. No. Um, anyway, so uh, that's my little my little elevator pitch. Uh, speaking of elevators, he's going to start strolling over to another elevator that's next to the glass door. And he's going to press on the button and lean against it. Wow, that's a that's a really clever segue. You see what he did there? Uh yes. Yeah, I, I do. Yeah, I did. Okay, so he beckons you over, and it's like, um, so you got any more questions for your kitties or any uh, you like? Yes. Uh, well, You're I'm not a teacher. No, I'm a doctor. I'm a doctor. I'm a surgeon. Teacher. He's a teacher. Yeah. I'm a surgeon. Uh, I can tell. General surgery. Just as a medical man myself, I was wondering if there are, are there any um, aspects of your 
uh, organization that stray into the medical research field, I, I would be very interested. He, um, the elevator opens and he steps in and beckons you in and puts an arm around Orlando and like, it's just like, well, yes, uh, uh, oh, thank you, Mary. And Mary's already walking towards the door to head back, like, towards her desk. And he's like, thank, thank you, bye, bye, Mary. Um, so, yes, um, well, uh, I don't know the real ins and outs of everything we do here. My main responsibility is on this type of stuff, uh, liaison with, um, People ah, French. Yes, yes, thank you. I spent many years there. Uh, no, that was Paris in Ohio. <laughs> Never mind. Anyway, <clears throat> um, yeah, so I don't have a full picture. My main responsibility is spending time with you lot and uh, speaking with the board on behalf of oh, I, unions. You and know, does your board have... Rep- representatives of the medical community. Oh, yeah, I mean, there's a few. We do focus on, on like, it's hard to really explain. Yeah, again, it's without the ethics part. There is some medical experimentation, investigation, all that type of stuff, seeing what we can do with the human body, what type of limits that cr- gives us in the realm of science. Uh, there are many alarm bells going off in, in Jacob's brain at the moment, but he remains his composure and it's like, hey, well, um, if there is any opportunity to speak to any of these members, I would be much obliged. Oh, absolutely. We're going down to my office. I can call one of them in. Just quickly, I just want to slowly but surely like slink down as I pull, pull his arm like away and just... Okay. He doesn't know this. He's just like, no. Yeah. It's just like over... Grabs a cigarette. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dylan has had a furrowed brow for the last 30, 40 seconds while he's been explaining this because he stopped listening after you said um, Paris, Ohio, and it's taken him this long to remember that uh, there's a Paris, Texas. He's not good at geography. <laughs> Did you tell him Paris, Texas? When the, the doors to the elevator open, Dylan just says very loudly out of nowhere, Paris, Texas. That was it. Um, and then... Completely changes tact again. Oh, he's like, no, right, yep, you're right. That was a bar in Ohio. What? What? <laughs> what? Pardon? Smash cut. <laughs> All right, he um he leads you out of the elevator. You um you notice that you've reached the fourth level, so pretty low down. Uh, so the elevator was going down, right? Going down. Yep, you've gone sure. quite far down, a few levels below. Uh, you were looking basically a level above the whole organization area. You were looking down on that, so now you're two or so levels beneath that now. And we're we're underground right now. Yes. Yeah. Uh, as we go underground, I would like to uh, take out my wallet again and then just look at my picture of this night sky. <laughs> I just take a deep breath and then put it back in and then just... Roll for me. Roll. Ten. It's like a blink of the eye. Just the tiniest half of a second and it's not there. But there, there it is. And you're like, oh, I must, maybe I was just looking at the front or something like that, or like a bit of a light hit your eye and you were you couldn't quite see right, but it wasn't there. And you were sure of that. It wasn't there for a third of a second, but there it is. And you can touch it, you can pull it out, look at it all you want. I like it's to right double, yeah, double look at it. And yeah. like... It's right there. Look around, see if anyone else saw that. 
as you're going out of the elevator, now you're a little bit more on edge as well. I'd like you to roll for me again. Four! <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Why is the only character who does not want to know that anything wrong is happening is the only one who knows that something wrong is happening? (laughs) Dylan, you half trip on something. You half trip on something, and it's it's just like that, like a step that's a bit too high type of thing. It's just you jolt a bit, and you take a few steps forward a bit quicker. Tinkerbell? And you look back, and there's nothing. It's just as... It's normal as... I'm sure your cat is quite well, uh, Mr. Malinsky. I hope so. He pats you on I the really back. Um, so. Stoker pats you on the back and leads you forward. It's like, you have a cat? I hate yes. cats. But I'm sure your cat's great. I hate yes, cats. she is. <sighs> Are you more of a dog person? No. Rat person? No. Bird person? Yes. Fish person? Mm. <laughs> What kind of birds? He likes lobsters. <laughs> Ooh, I like me a good parakeet. Ooh, very lovely, yes. Very lovely. My my mum has many, many budgies. Disgusting. I thought so too, but... Is that some type of disease? Well, that's why I got the cat. How's the cat help with the disease? Kills the budgies, but that, I don't live with her anymore, so... So is it like tumours? Does the cat bite them off? I don't understand what we're saying anymore. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> By the way, on. I have a question about tumors and also the folding chairs in the lobby. Of course. He's walking ahead of you now. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah. I, I, in all of that, I desperately will just want to try and like get... Uh, what's his name again? Stoker. Stoker. Stoker's attention and just be like, uh, excuse me. Uh, yeah, budgies. Yeah, no, just a, maybe it's a silly question, but uh, when I sent in those bottle caps, I didn't really count them. How many did I send in? Oh, that's something to ask Mary. I'm, I'm a bit busy, man. I run a board. Well, I, I don't, don't run count a board. the bottle caps. I count, I'm not here counting the bottle caps. I'm not paid to count the bottle caps. I'm not paid to do much. This truly is the age of wonders. <laughs> Our, the economy can only get better from here. Surely this is the foundation of many generations of wonderful economy. <laughs> uh, while we're walking, Jacob is, is like politely trying to ignore the crazy conversations happening and he's just looking around him and like absentmindedly moving his wedding ring on his left hand mm-hmm. roll for me that's a six mm. okay so as you go to touch it and to rotate it there is that awkward feeling of coldness like air moving over unprotected skin which you very rarely feel there because you always have your ring there but when you look down there you can touch it you can feel it rotate it all that but for just a split second okay dylan has noticed people shuffling and like checking items and things and just absentmindedly not fully like uh knowing why he's doing it dylan is going to like grab the collar of his cardigan and he's going to smell it i would like to roll to see if i noticed anything wrong with that (laughs) 10 it's a cat. Think <laughs> about. Well, you 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 know your own like the smell of your own clothing and all that type of stuff. And there is this moment of pulling it up and smelling it, and that smelling that moment of like putting on someone else's shoes that are identical to yours, but just like isn't as worn in as yours. You can tell it's different. It's you can tell it's not yours. And that first breath in, it's like that. And then the second, it's 
Oh, no. There's, I can smell my cat. <laughs> mm. You're like, and it's, it could also be the fact that you're in a completely new place that's all sanitized. Uh, so Dylan is going to shuffle through his pockets. He's going to pull out an inhaler. He's getting a little bit nervous. Yeah, a little bit nervous. So Stoke is very confused looking back at you all. He's just like, y'all all right? Oh, just um, new <laughs> surroundings. It's a lot to take in. Uh, yes, sure. Yeah. I've, have you never been in an office building before? Look, for me, it's just a bit of deja vu. Deja vu. It's French. I know what French is. I've been there to bar. <laughs> anyway, he's going to... You've, you've been walking up a little corridor. He's going to push open a, a set of dark wood doors and into a very bizarre-looking room. You walk in, and it is shag carpet. These big orange lounges that people are... Some people are sitting on smoking, Not clearly not working. There's a few desks around that a few people are, like, assistants are working at. There's one that uh, there is, like, a glass room that another one's inside of. And there is a man yelling at one of the assistants who's, like, trying to go through their desk to find a bit of paperwork and is handing them to them. The person looks at them, chucks them on the, the table and continues yelling at them. Stoker ignores all this and heads through and is like... Yep, yep, this is, uh, this is my, uh, I suppose waiting room, second waiting room, backup waiting, waiting room, second, anyway, who cares, and he's going to push open the last door at the end of this room, and is going to head into his office, so his office is a rather large room, very sparsely, like, laid out, there are no extra chairs, there is just the big desk, his chair, and a few files here and there, and a little in and out box for different documents. A bookshelves on either side that's mostly taken up by like baseball gloves and paintings and pictures that look like they were done by children type of thing. Very few books in his bookshelf. And he's going to come over, push over his chair, sit on it, and put his feet up on the table. It's like, welcome. This is my office. And there is a split second split second of just being in this room and about to go into this conversation with one of the main members of the board where everything goes black completely black so the room is entirely dark a red light begins to flash on and off in the small office you don't even need to roll to see what has happened the room is a total mess. The desk is broken in two. Papers are scattered all over the room. The fish tank in the corner has some greenish moss growing out of it and up the wall. An area of the roof appears to have caved in and water is pouring out of it onto the split desk. A voice comes over the loudspeaker. Attention! Okay, this is George. Is there anyone out there? Is there anyone left? Okay. Our scans aren't... Nothing's working, okay? The board's gone. I watched it tear them to pieces. We know what you're planning. You hear me? We aren't in the dark anymore. You'll never get it. You know why? Because it won't accept you. It doesn't accept things like you. Oh, shit. Oh, I found this quicker than I thought. Okay. Guys, you've got to go now. Okay. I know. I know. But... I gotta tell them, okay? If anyone's out there, I gotta give them a warning, okay? 
go, go. Okay, so apparently it's dragging people down here because it's running out of test dummies. If any of you are still alive, you've got to stay low. You've got to hide. It's pet will be coming after you soon. I've shut it down for now, so it can't hear us. But, well, I mean, it's pet can't hear anything anyway, so we know that at least. It'll come back in a minute though, but thanks to us, it's lost the main reactor. It'll only be operating on a quarter, okay, a quarter of its power from here on out. Which means you've got a chance. Okay, find a significant. Find one, any of them, they'll help. You're here for a reason, you have to be. It will use everything it has against you. It knows everything. It will use whatever it can to find out that last bit it needs. Okay, okay, it needs you. Whatever you do, don't feed the machine. And God help you. You hear a massive bang, and then screaming before the sound cuts out entirely. The red light stops flashing, and instead bathes the room in a constant glow. You hear a rattling roar, half animal, half something else, echo from the many floors above you. are alone. Ernest Marsh tears his hand away from the lenses, taking a few steps back, breathing deeply. As the images fade from his mind, he blinks. Okay, right. Right. He reaches behind him and pulls a small notebook from his pocket and flips it open. He flips through many of the pages. The titles swing past. Mr. Bates. Ilios, the laptop, Mercy's Creek. And he comes to a later page and he circles the name Orlando and the name Dylan. Next to Dylan is a question mark with a line connecting it to a title, The Revolver. He taps his pen upon a third name at the bottom of the page. The Harbinger. Who are you? What part do you play in both this and Mercy's Creek? What are you? He looks around the room once again and sees something glinting through another pile of sand. He uses his foot to kick it away so that he doesn't touch it. And he sees a bent and distorted piece of metal painted to look like the front of a tuxedo. He grimaces as he looks at it. (laughs) 